Welcome to the We're All Creatures podcast. I'm your host, Cree Lehrman, and this podcast is about normalizing the weird side of life. This podcast is about human beings being human. We are here for all things mindset, spirituality, manifestation, travel, love, alignment, growing up, and a lot of unfiltered, raw stories about my life. So sit back, surrender to the unknown, allow yourself to be 100% here and now in this present moment, and enjoy the episode. diving into probably my most spiritual and aligned summer in an unconscious way. So if you haven't listened to part one of my story yet, you definitely want to make sure to listen to that before continuing with this podcast. But I had just completely switched my lifestyle to being alkaline electric, eating plant-based, quitting drinking, coming off of birth control, and it was in a huge way my first real awakening, even though I really didn't know it at the time. I wasn't into spirituality. I didn't meditate, I didn't practice yoga, I, for the first time in my life, in my adult life, was really just living in the moment, so my partner, teacher, and I, when I finished that spring semester of university that I was in while all of these changes took place, we took a big road trip and road tripped from Montana over to Vancouver actually in Victoria and we went all the way out to Tofino which is a little surf town in Canada where we met a friend and had just a beautiful little kind of vacation for me since I had finished school and after that we drove back east through Canada stopping in Banff and Canmore which is another incredible naturally beautiful place of the world then dropped south into Montana again where my sister was celebrating her birthday and then from there we drove back to Colorado where we spent the summer And the reason that I'm even mentioning this is because I think it's so important for us to understand how much time healing can take and how it's really a constant process that is ever evolving and never ends in a sense. I mean, we have constant deaths of self and rebirths or awakenings in so many different periods of our lives. So never getting too attached to where you are in life, to who you are. I mean, of course, there are traits that you want to carry with you. It's always good to be kind and loving and understanding. But 
we're always going to be dying. Some part of us is always going to be dying. And I think in that summer, during that summer in Colorado, my party girl died. I was sober for the first time since I had been 14. And I was identifying with the identity of being sober. I no longer identify with that because after six years, I really have quite a healed relationship with alcohol, which is really incredible. And I'll probably create an entire podcast on that. But at this point in my life, I was really identifying with being alkaline electric and being sober. And it was so grounding for me because... When we were in Colorado, we were actually living out of my Subaru. We went and stayed with friends for a couple of weeks, but they kicked us out after a couple of weeks because we obviously weren't paying rent and we had misunderstood their initial, yes, come and stay with us for the summer. And they really only meant come stay with us for a couple of weeks. And so we ended up living out of my car that summer, but I didn't care I didn't I was so for one I was falling in love and I was so in a honeymoon phase with Chicho at that time in our relationship and for two I was really waking up my penile gland was decalcifying and I was just starting to really listen to my inner voice and my intuition for one of the first times ever in my adult life I probably hadn't done that since I was maybe 16 or 17 when I first started getting into hallucinogenics and really started tapping into the idea of other dimensions and other timelines. And that was, you know, more of a spiritual experience at that time in my late teenhood. Whereas in at this time when I was in Colorado, it was a very grounding experience where I was really just living in the present moment and following what felt best for me. In hindsight, looking back, this was also an incredibly avoidant time. It was actually during that summer where my parents officially separated. They didn't get a divorce, at least not yet, but they separated and my mom moved out. Well, to tell the full story, I guess she had moved out in January of that year, January of 2017, which is really interesting when you think about that it was on January 1st of 2017 that I had such a deep, intense knowing and full body experience of knowing I needed to change my life. And it was in January that I learned about alkalinism and quit drinking and really started my own personal development journey, very much coinciding with my mom leaving my dad, which I was unaware of because they didn't tell anyone that my mom had moved out. And actually for that entire winter and spring so from January until June every time that I went home to visit my parents my mom would come back to the house and pretend she lived there talk about trust issues (laughs) am I right once I found that out I was obviously deeply hurt and you know finding out my parents were separating it wasn't as 
it came, it didn't come as a shock. Finding out my parents were separating didn't come as a shock to me because they had been quite rocky for a long time. But I was sad. And looking back, I realized I didn't let myself fully experience that sadness. I cried, of course, and I called my sister and we talked about it, but I was very avoidant and I didn't really face or process those emotions, which obviously would come back to haunt me later (laughs) in life, as it always does. If we don't face what we're going through in the moment, we store it as trauma in our bodies and that traumatic energy really is stored in our DNA. It's stored in our cells and it can manifest in physical illnesses or diseases, mental health, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, procrastination. There are so many ways that we really store this trauma if we don't process it and face it as it's happening or at least within, you know, a short amount of time of it's happening. So... I was avoidant and awakening and young and in love for this summer, living out of my car. I was drinking from these incredible mountain streams, I mean, directly from the source. So I was fully committed to my health. We were walking up to a place called Walrod and filling these glass bottles we had and drinking only spring water which is just so electrifying for your cells and your body and your energy. And it was summertime, so we were walking around. We were camping out of the car, so we were living outside. We were living with nature. We were waking up with the sunrise, going to sleep with the sunset, being barefoot. And it was just such a cleansing and healing time in my life. This was long before I developed my interest in social media and developed an interest in sharing and I was just living in my own truth so deeply and I think it was so necessary. I think there are periods in our life, not just one, but multiple periods in our life where we really have to go inward and take time to completely disconnect from the outside world and be within ourselves and be within our energy and really just follow our inner knowing. I was working at the time as a waitress in multiple different establishments. I didn't really hold down one job in particular, very manifesting generator energy. If you're familiar with human design, I was really obsessed with being a waitress at that time in my life. And I felt like being a waitress was my path to financial independence. Since up until that point, I had only ever had summer jobs or retail jobs. And minimum wage in Montana at that time was around $8 an hour. So I wasn't making more than a couple hundred dollars every couple of weeks. And waitressing, I realized that with my magnetic energy and my charm and my charisma, I could get really good tips. And if I worked doubles, so if I worked over 12-hour shifts, two shifts over 12 hours in total, 
I could make two to four hundred dollars in cash tips every night. So this was a very empowering time in my life because I was making the most money I had ever made and I was completely sober. So I was super hyper aware of everything that was going on. In the past, I had always numbed with drugs and alcohol, and now I wasn't doing that. Let this part of my story be either an invitation for you to take your own inner winter, inner winter just meaning a time period where you retract from the world and you go inward and you slow down and you live within the cycles of your own energy. If you're a woman, this might be syncing your menstrual cycle with the moon. If you're a man, it might be syncing with the sun and the moon cycles or just the seasons of life. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, understanding that fall going into winter is a period of rest and spring is a rebirth and summer is this beautiful creative energy and if you're in the tropical part of the world moving your energy within dry and wet season or wherever you are just noticing the cycles and the seasons and giving yourself that permission to take the time you need to be alone, to slow down, and to really figure your shit out, (laughs) for lack of a better phrase. At the end of the summer, we, Chicho and I, went to Costa Rica and spent a month surfing in Costa Rica. We had been actually in Colorado surfing in the river the entire summer, so I had a good basis of how to pop up on a surfboard. But ocean surfing is a whole different thing and the ocean is a very different body of water than a river, similar in many ways but different in more ways than it is similar. It's salt water, not fresh water, so your buoyancy, the way you float is different and the way the waves break is totally different from a standing wave in a rapid in a river. So we spent this month in Costa Rica spending all of the money that I had made as a waitress, (laughs) of course, zero money management skills at that time in my life, and just being really present. This was even more of a disconnection for me than living in Colorado because I didn't have phone service in Costa Rica unless I was connected to Wi-Fi. So I was able to spend the month really just in the ocean surfing, getting coconuts down from the trees, eating fruits and vegetables, pretty much exclusively fruits and vegetables because I was very strictly alkaline at that time and I didn't have access to buying things like spelt bread or spelt pasta or rye bread. And so I was eating almost an entirely raw diet at that time. This time in my life was so crucial for my own inner awareness to strengthen and grow. And when I returned to Montana that fall to finish my last semester of school, I felt more calm and grounded than I ever had before in my life. And 
it was during that fall that I got really, really into hot yoga, Bikram yoga. And it became an obsession. Again, manifesting generator energy where I found a new obsession and really dove headfirst. And I was going to hot yoga classes every weekday morning at 6 a.m. before my school classes, which started around 9 or 10. And I would go every morning at 6 a.m. And on Tuesday and Thursdays after hot yoga, they had a hot Pilates. So I would stay for that as well. So this was the time period in my life when I first really fell in love with my body. And I really fell in love with my own physical strength and my ability to progress in something. I had played soccer in high school and I went to a canoe tripping camp every summer growing up. So I was always athletic and fairly fit, but yoga slowed me down and gave me an awareness that I didn't have before that period in my life. Actually, that specific hot yoga studio is where I first experienced a block in my heart chakra. I was in the middle of the semester, so I had been doing hot yoga consistently for at least two months every single day. And I was in, if you've never done Bikram or hot yoga, you do the same, I believe it's 26 postures. You do the same 26 postures every single time. It's the same sequence. After a while, after two months, you know the sequence. You know what's coming next. You know how to do the next pose. So I was going into camel pose, which is where you are on your knees and you essentially support your lower back first with your hands and start to arch your back looking backwards and you eventually reach your hands down to grab your heels and you extend your chest towards the sky and you want to push your hips forward and your chest forward and it's an incredibly deep heart opening posture and there was one morning while I was in this posture and I started to cry. I just started to cry and there was no explanation. I didn't know why I was crying. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't stop it. And I usually did these classes, almost always did these classes with a really dear friend of mine. I will leave her anonymous since I don't have her permission to share her name on this. And she actually asked the yoga teacher later why that would happen, why it happened to me. I was not curious. I did not want to explore my emotions at that time. She shared with me that the yoga instructor said that it was the release of heart chakra block and that my heart was actually physically starting to open up. And this much later in my life became a big theme that I have a very, still to this day, a very closed heart and I am still working within the energy of opening my heart chakra and opening my heart to receive love and receive abundance and receive worthiness and this was my first experience with it. So again, 
I'm telling this story of my past to show you, you know, this was in maybe November of 2017 and this is October of 2022. So I think that's almost a six year gap, maybe a five year gap, a five or six year gap. I can't do math in my head while I'm speaking. But my point is that healing takes time. Moving blocked energy through your body takes time. Waking up to your toxic patterns and traits or old conditioning takes time. So be patient with yourself and commit yourself to the practices that help you in your process. It's going to be different and unique for every single person that's out there. As I was deeply immersing myself in yoga, I was also living alone at that time. It was the first time in my life that I ever was living alone. I had a small studio apartment directly across the street from the business school. And I was finishing my business degree from the University of Montana at that point in time. So I spent a lot of time by myself. I had a very strict routine, which I think really helped to ground me. I got up and went to my yoga classes every morning at six. And then I went to class. After my morning classes, I came back and I made an alkaline smoothie bowl. Then I would finish my afternoon classes, come back, and I would oftentimes go to work. I got another waitressing job that was only part-time. So I would either go to work or I would work on school projects and do homework. And then on the weekends, I would usually go and see my parents who were both living an hour away from where I went to school in the town that I grew up, but separately since they had separated. So I would go to visit them or I would go to visit Chicho in California where he was working at the time. And I really got comfortable being alone and spending time alone and entertaining myself. And it was a really big time in my life where I was able, again, to tune into my intuition and do what I wanted. Because when you spend a lot of time alone, you get to call the shots and you get to do whatever you want to do. And you're not doing what your friends want, what your partner wants, what your family wants. You're just doing what you want, which can be really, really powerful. So As you listen to these stories of my past, if you feel the calling to take an inner winter or spend time by yourself or rest and recover or start a new hobby or change your diet or change the way that you move and live in the world, follow that inner knowing. You know what's best for you. You know how to bring yourself the deepest happiness that's possible. In December, I had a very anticlimactic graduation. I wouldn't even call it a graduation. I basically just finished school. I remember Chicho came to visit and help me pack up and actually drive me to California where I was going to move when I finished school. And he brought one of our two of our friends who are a couple who actually don't speak English, which was, again, such a beautiful learning curve in my life where it was the first time in my life that I developed a really strong female friendship with someone 
in Spanish in a different language. And actually, I can't thank this woman enough. Again, I'll leave her nameless as well. She is a beautiful, incredible, confident, sure of herself woman. And she didn't speak English. And I spoke about 50% Spanish, but she was so committed to getting to know me and to understanding me and to having very real, deep female conversations about love and life and God and the universe. And I had to learn how to navigate those conversations in my second language in Spanish, which challenged my confidence and my insecurity so deeply, but it was so crucial. And Another lesson, a huge lesson, a huge learning lesson from my life has been to become friends with people from different cultures who speak different languages because it deeply challenges you in a way that your mother tongue, if you speak English as your first language, in a way that English can never challenge you. So if you've never moved abroad or lived somewhere where they speak a different language, I want to invite you to do that if you feel called to. It can be so empowering. I mean, it will be one of the most challenging things you've ever experienced because I know that's how it was for me, but it opens your mind. I mean, not only is it incredibly good for the neuroplasticity of your brain, so meaning that when you learn another language as an adult, it actually helps your brain be more adept and able to change. So if you're trying to change old subconscious beliefs or old patterning, or you want to break a cycle, you can do things that will help you to do that within your brain. Because the way our brains work is we have neurons that fire together and certain things that we have done for a really long time have these very strong neural connections called neural pathways. So for example, if you drive to work every day in the same exact way, you have a very strong neural pathway that takes you through that specific route to work. And sometimes you might even notice that you pull up to work and you don't even remember driving, right? Because you just are doing it through muscle memory. And things that we have not done in our lives and are not familiar with. So things that are uncomfortable, things that are outside our comfort zone. So maybe this is communicating and having really difficult conversations with the people you love. Maybe this is learning a new language. Maybe you want to get out of a toxic work environment, right? So things that you're unfamiliar with are going to be harder for you to do because your brain doesn't have the neural pathways fired and wired together. And every time you do something, more repetition creates that neural pathway and strengthens it. And the more things we do that make us uncomfortable, the more things we do that challenge what we're used to, the more things we do that actually help those new neural pathways to form, then the more malleable and plastic, so neuroplasticity, the more our brains become malleable to change. And this, to bring it back to the point, this is one of the best reasons and one of the reasons that I always encourage all adults to keep learning new languages because it's something that challenges your brain so much and keeps it very plastic and malleable so that 
while you're also trying to reprogram subconscious beliefs or develop more worthiness or really step into your power, you're not only trying to change your brain in that way, but you're also doing it in intellectual ways. So another thing that helps with this is learning a musical instrument that is challenging your brain in a very unique and different way. Anything that challenges your brain and really physically makes you tired is a good thing. So to come back to my own story and finishing my university graduating, I remember walking across the street because again, my apartment was just across the street from the business building and looking back and seeing this beautiful friend, my Costa Rican female friend who didn't speak English waving to me. And I remember thinking, this is it. I'm going to my last and final test of university. Like, this is it. And I went and I took the test and I walked back to my apartment afterward and I was done. And we packed the car and packed up my life and I was done with university. And this is a learning lesson for everyone who doesn't celebrate their wins like I used to not. Celebrate the big moments in your life. Have a graduation party have the birthday party, celebrate the promotion, celebrate the tiny wins in life. If you make it through, say you do Bikram yoga and you make it through the whole class without doing child's pose, celebrate that. If you do a new hike and you hike a 14er, you live in Colorado, celebrate that. If you are a surfer and you stood up on a wave and you did a turn, celebrate that celebrate your life and celebrate your wins because I never celebrated finishing university and graduating. I think that because of that, it left me feeling very ungrounded because I didn't really close that one chapter and I didn't celebrate that all the hard work of the four and a half years I put in. So learn from my mistakes and celebrate all the big wins and all the small wins. After we packed up the car, we drove an hour south to have dinner with my parents and spend the night at my childhood home. And then in the morning, we got up and we drove to California. And we took two days, I believe, to drive all the way to California. It's about a 17-hour drive. And we drove to Northern California where Chicho and his friend, so the partner of my female friend, they're a Costa Rican couple, Chicho and his friend were working and we didn't have anywhere to go. So we rented an Airbnb and I remember this was maybe the first time in my life where I felt like, okay, I'm an adult. What next? Because if you've ever finished school, you are familiar with the feeling of not knowing how to or where to put your energy because for so long you've lived in this structured system where you go to school, you take classes, you do tests, you turn in projects, you have presentations and you work a part-time or a full-time job to support yourself while you're going to school. Once you finish school, you have complete autonomy to do whatever you want. But the problem for me with this was that I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so 
I did something that was familiar and I got a nannying job for a family in Northern California. But shortly after arriving to Northern California, my car, the Subaru Outback that we had been living in in Colorado in the past summer, got totaled. It wasn't a bad accident, thank goodness, but we were rear-ended and because of the age of the car and just the condition it was in, it wasn't worth it for the insurance company to fix it. So they decided to give us the money basically as a settlement because it was totaled. And with that money, I decided to take a break from life, which I had never really done. I had always been in school or been working. I had always had a very specific purpose. And my partner, Chicho, and I went to Australia. We bought a one-way ticket to Australia and decided to go to Australia. And this was in, I believe, February of 2018. So now I've been almost sober actually for about a year at this point in my life. And I still deeply identified with being sober and being alkaline. And in Australia, I decided to become a surfer. (laughs) I had, of course, had that one summer surfing the river in Colorado. And then we spent the month of August of 2017 in Costa Rica surfing. But when we went to Australia for, I believe it was February, March, and April of 2018, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a career plan. I wasn't going to school and I decided I was going to surf. And I also started a travel blog. My first travel blog was on a platform called Steam It, which is a cryptocurrency blogging platform. And I started documenting our travels in Australia. I grew so much there. And, you know, I, I think it's important at this point in the story to share that I don't necessarily think that every decision I made was the smartest one. I definitely didn't have any concept of saving money or managing money and I was very much just being held by the universe and floating through this strange period of finishing my schooling and figuring out what I wanted to do as an adult and I think due to the fact that my parents had just separated and they were both deeply processing their own separation from, you know, an almost 25-year marriage, I didn't feel that I had a very guiding, like no one was guiding me, no one was helping me. And most people probably feel like this to some extent. I think some people are lucky in that they have mentors or they have parents who are very present Not that my parents weren't present. They were just in their own world. And with, I deeply understand that because they were going through a really traumatic and sad time in their life. And I ran away from it. And I have very large avoidant tendencies. I 
still to this day have to process being avoidant and be very aware around my own avoidance and running away to Australia where the time difference is something like 18 hours and I didn't really talk to anyone while I was there was a way for me to heal and process. And I think that I needed to remove myself from my life so deeply in order to rediscover who I was and start to connect with my inner power and start to strengthen it. We spent these months in Australia traveling around, driving, living in the car, and just being very ungrounded and loose and floaty. And it was such a beautiful and magical time in my life. And I will always recommend to anyone and everyone to travel because it takes you so far out of your comfort zone and it forces you to really expand your version of reality every single day. If you've never lived abroad, do it. Even if you have a family and a life and a house and all these things that you think are holding you back or anchoring you somewhere, find a way to go live abroad, even if it's just for a month. It will rattle you to your bones in the best way possible. And here we are coming up on 30 some minutes in this podcast. And I still haven't caught you up to the present moment, but I want you to know all of these things about me because I want you to be able to see that healing and stepping into our power and finding deep lasting happiness. It takes time and it takes processing and it takes hindsight to be able to look back and witness our patterning. So for me, my avoidance and my running away and my disconnecting from other people in order to connect with myself because I needed to do that. And I'm proud of myself for always following my heart. It hasn't always been easy, but it has always, always been worth it. After Australia, I went to Hawaii briefly, surprised my sister and got to spend some much needed family time with my sister, my dad, the friend who I had actually done all of that yoga with. She's one of my sister's best friends and one of my best friends too. And Chicho and we spent this beautiful time on the big island in Hawaii and we stayed on this organic hippie farm in this big farmhouse that was filled with rats and cockroaches and it was one big room and we all slept in there and it was just such a fun time to be able to reconnect after so much disconnection and after the brief trip to Hawaii we moved to Costa Rica And this time we were deciding to live in Costa Rica and be in Costa Rica. And we 
it's crazy because as I'm talking about this, that aspect, that time of my life is a little bit foggy. And I think that this, that was because I had run out of money and was starting to really feel the pressure of being an adult and figuring out what I wanted to do for a career. So one thing that Chicho and I tried was to throw parties and we threw a, we organized and coordinated and threw a massive jungle party called Jungle Night Jam, the rain dance. If you were there, shout out to one of the most legendary parties Guanacaste has ever seen. (laughs) But we ended up losing a lot of money doing it. I didn't calculate. I didn't believe actually that you could lose money in business. I had never experienced that. And I think that this was a big trauma that I am still processing in my current life was that my first real jab at entrepreneurship, my first attempt at entrepreneurship was a failure from a financial standpoint. From a deliverance standpoint, it wasn't a failure. It was an incredible party that everyone enjoyed. It was beautifully executed and everything worked out except for the fact that not enough people came to pay the entrance fee. So pay essentially the cover fee to cover all the costs. And we made a mistake with the alcohol. So we, once you make alcohol cold, you have to buy it. And we made way too much alcohol cold. And then the party ended abruptly and we were left with all this alcohol we didn't sell and had to buy. So there were a number of different factors that played into our losing money, but it was very traumatic and scary and really a big part of my shadow came out in that time. And I was unaware of it at the time, but it was this deep unworthiness that I'm not good enough to create a successful business. And this is proof. It was almost like the proof that I needed to know that I wasn't good enough. So I decided to go back to the States and Chicho and I moved back to California, which came from a place of scarcity and a place of feeling like I had to escape from Costa Rica because I didn't think that I could make money here, which as I record this episode, I'm sitting in my own studio apartment here in Costa Rica with a totally different business centered on healing and helping people align with their healthiest and happiest selves. Very different from throwing parties. (laughs) Much more in alignment with what I want and the energy I want to put out into the world and who I really want to be. And we went back to California. And this was the start of a new chapter where I began to find myself as a businesswoman. And this chapter is so different from the everything that I have shared with you so far that I think it would be best if I made it its own episode. So I'm going to leave you here. And if you only take one thing away from this episode is to take the time and the space 
you need for yourself. Take the alone time, disconnect, really take the time to get quiet and still in your life to hear your inner voice because she will tell you what you need and what is best for you. And I really believe that especially for people, if you're like me and you resonate with being an extrovert, a go-getter, a constant doer, you are always just on the go, here's the next thing, your schedule is constantly full, your life is filled, and maybe you're super happy and it's very fulfilling. But if you have this inkling inside of you that you need to take time or take space or disconnect, don't be afraid to set those boundaries with yourself and with the people in your life. Because when you do, you create space for real magic to happen, for you to hear your inner voice, your intuition, and for you to process the things in your life that maybe you haven't given yourself the time or the space to process yet. So I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful to be able to share this time and this energy with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the We're All Creatures podcast. I'm your host, Cree Lehrman, and we are beyond honored to have you as a loyal listener. If you're looking to connect more deeply with myself, please find all of my links in the show notes below. I can't wait to meet you.